I bought a dozen toothbrushes and I could have got them just as cheap at London Drugs. Yeah. What, do you have one for each tooth? <laughs> <laughs> no, I use them for cleaning broilers. <laughs> Uh, okay, well, my question here to the room... <laughs> I only got 12 teeth left. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way you talk, I'm surprised you have that many. Oh! <laughs> this is the AT Banter Podcast, a balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AG Banter. Banter, banter. Uh, my name is Rob Minot, and joining me today in the Guitar Dungeon, Mr. Ryan Fleury. Ugh. <laughs> 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 it's a Tuesday, which is a Monday, which is, you know. All right, week, stop bitching. Week's on its way. Weekend's on its way. Uh, well, we've at, least, weekend, we've at least honored the veterans we, as we opposed did. to. Yep. Just got here. What, Snickle Fritz? You're already yeah, ready for the... Okay, Don hold on. Okay, 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 we're, we're digressing. Can I get through the intros first? Okay. Jesus. Uh, also in the room, Mr. Steve Barkley. Hola. Uh, Rick Chant is joining us. Good morning. And look at this. Uh, we have a very, very, very special guest. The other employee of... Uh, the only other <laughs> The only employee. <laughs> of, uh, oh, oh, oh. Asshole. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> uh, uh, we have Nicole Chant in the room. Uh, Hi, guys. Well, thanks for joining us. This reminds me of the days when we used to, like, strong arm uh, Rachel, our receptionist, <laughs> into, uh, into doing the podcast with us. She yeah, you want to see the hor look of horror on Nicole's face this morning when I said, oh, we're going to the podcast. Um, do I need to have a headphone and, and a microphone? Uh, no, you're just going to observe as far as I know. So we get here and what what she have to put on? She headphones and a do, microphone. She didn't have to do anything. She didn't want to. But it was there if she wanted. Uh, hey, what's... Uh, okay, so could someone explain to what's what's happening with Don Cherry? He's fired. Who cares? As long as he's gone, I don't <laughs> care. He's 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 that eighty-five-year-old angry uncle that shows up at Thanksgiving and bitches about uh, everything about uh, refugees. You know, he's, he's that guy. He's been on air. He's always been that guy. Why is anyone surprised by this today? Well, they actually right. even said on the news. I think that Don Cherry at one point even said that's probably what's going to cause his dismissal at some point. Is he's going to go too far. Yeah. And he went too far. Well, it's <laughs> not the first time he's gone no, too far either. I, no. No, this is multiple times. Yeah. This is multiple times. I mean, but it doesn't break my heart to see him gone. I, I Okay, well, so okay, so let's can we set and uh, my apologies to the podcast listening audience. This has nothing to do with assistive technology <laughs> and this is so Canadian, but we're Canadian, so we have to talk about this. But can you just set it up for people who maybe are in the states? Who is Don Cherry? Okay, so Don Don Cherry is an ex-coach of, uh, uh, he was coach of the Boston Bruins for a long time, I think. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but uh, he he moved on to Since a, become a pundit and, and... Yeah, he moved on to... Uh, commentator. Hockey and, Night in Canada, and uh, he uh, shows up between, between periods of the hockey game and bitches and whines and moans about various things. 
he's he's a he's an old surly guy who yeah. you know has a, a, a old surly guy's attitude towards a lot of things and yeah they 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 like him on there because he stirs the pot but then when he stirs the pot too much they don't like him on there anymore well, well and you can't put stuff like that out in the public domain irrelevant to what your personal views are well you know like you know and me not being the the big hockey fan in the room even i like know don cherry and know you know that he's been controversial at best a, a, a lot certainly so it it did strike me as a little bit weird um that and so to set up what has happened for people who may not know right so he he went on he went on the air the other night and uh he basically said that uh the refugees don't wear the or not refugees uh, immigrants don't wear the poppies enough uh to to uh um uh, respect uh, veterans and uh damn it they should and he referred to them as those people and right. i think that's really what more than anything got him turfed Right. And so I guess, what is it, was it CBC? Is it, are they the ones Sports, that fired Sportsnet. it? Sportsnet. Sportsnet? Yeah, Sportsnet. Okay. Uh, so they fired it, which is surprising to me because that guy's been like a, you know, it's kind of a staple in, in the hockey world for... Surprises me as well, but I think the time is long overdue. Well, didn't he get sacked by CBC as well? Like, I think I, thought, I saw I thought CBC, CBC well. sacked him at one point for uh, for controversial comments as well. Wouldn't surprise me. And then Sportsnet hired him on after uh, CBC sold the rights to Hockey wouldn't, Night in wouldn't Canada surprise to me. Wouldn't surprise me in the least. That's that's my recollection. It could be faulty, but all the same, you know, he's off the air again. <laughs> we'll see how long he stays off. The Unemployed. Air. <laughs> Well, he's 85. Yeah, he's 85. Like, honestly, at that point, like... Yeah, he's not going to live long enough to spend all the money he's got. I'm not going to care whether I have a job or not. You might. Yeah, well, I probably still will, but that's the point. I hate to break it to you, buddy, but you're with me on the Freedom 99 plan. Yeah, true enough. No, but uh, I I, I guess my big question is that... Is what he said that bad, or has is it just that the culture has changed in the sense that you just can't well, get away from saying things like that anymore? No, I, I, I think, as has been pointed out by a lot of people in the hockey community, hockey is not meant to be d- divisive, right? It's not. You're, it's it's a sport where everybody can participate whether it's hockey out on the pond or out on the parking lot or out on the street to your NHL players. It's not meant to be played by a select few. Um, and, and, you know, it's supposed to bind communities. It's supposed to make people feel welcome and to be able to play um, irrelevant to their, of, their, of their ability. I, I think what he said was very divisive, and I don't think it was right. Well, what he did is he singled out a group of people. How many Canadians are not wearing poppies? Yeah. You know, yeah. he singled out here's, a group of people. Yeah. Here's exactly what he said. He said, you people have, you people love our way of life. You love our milk and honey. At least, at least you could pay a couple of bucks for a poppy or something like that. <laughs> These guys pay for your way of life that you enjoy in Canada. These guys paid the biggest price. Right. In the grand scheme of things that he said... Fairly innocuous. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, there's a there's a list of of his greatest hits here as well. But his, <laughs> his <laughs> own personal okay, views to hear this. shouldn't be aired out on Sportsnet Public TV. Well, right. that's a good point too. Like, how about you just shut up and talk about hockey? But yeah, this is not the first time he's been in hot water. 
It's like some jerks that have a podcast and just end up talking about whatever the hell they want. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> As Nicole's eyes roll. That's <laughs> like, why am I here? Nicole said nothing yet. Have you noticed that? She's watching Disney Plus on her phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm just looking through some of the uh, some of the different things that he's uh, he said here. Uh, uh, well, I mean, here's one for Nicole, you know. She's just finished high school not that long ago, a couple of years ago, um, where there's Iranian and Chinese and um, Middle Eastern kids. Um, you know, the, I mean, yeah, there's, a- there's the cross section of cultures in a high school. You know, if, if you were to go to a sporting event and hear somebody say something like that, you know, I don't think it'd fly very well, would it? <laughs> not so much. No, it would not. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's largely the North Van experience, right? Because I, I went to high school in North Van as right. well. And I grew up in a in a very, very, very white house with a father who had, you know, pretty racist Views, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then you go to school, and you're going to school with Chinese kids, Indian kids, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. all all of these different ethnicities yeah. are in your high school, and you make friends with them, and you realize, hey, my dad's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> and not not only that, you know, there was a Facebook post that I saw the other day that was a, a bunch of labs, a yellow lab and a black lab and a chocolate lab, and and you know, and it's like, I'm sorry, it's all the same dog. Mm-hmm. Just the different color skin. Yep. Yep. Given the same opportunities, you know, they're going to do quite similarly. Absolutely. But this seems like such a weird hill to die on uh, for him. Like, it's just because it, really it, it wasn't even really about anything at all. Like, really, people not wearing poppies set you off and got you fired. Like, Remembrance Day? Absolutely. That's That's what set it off. If it hadn't have been Remembrance Day, I don't think it would have been an issue. Yeah, but see, he's but always been not a real, issue. a real big supporter of the military yeah. and of of you know supporting the families of military personnel who are deployed and and mm-hmm. you know veterans and stuff like this. So I can see, I can see it being an annoyance to him, but not not the way he handled it. No way. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think Ryan made the point earlier, like how many Canadians in general just aren't wearing a poppy. You know, it's not it's not just immigrants. No, you know, it's it's all kinds of people. And, you know, to single out yeah, no, immigrant groups is is. A little yeah, yeah, that, that, that's I suppose, true. I suppose that's, that's true. true. But is it is it cancel culture gone too far? Or is this, is this the world we want to live in? And well, I'm just stirring the pot. I'm just asking the questions. The, the guy should have been canceled 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, retirement age is you know 67 yeah. in this guy or 65 by that uh, at that point in time. 20 years ago would have been perfect. But but the, I guess 40 that, would have been better. I guess that's my point though. I, I, the fact that he wasn't. I mean, it was it was it just a different culture back then, or are we just less? Or, no, it was definitely a different culture. There was none of this, or it wasn't as politically correct. Oh as yeah, society is now. I mean, not but even was, close. Was it the right? response to just out and out fire him yes yeah i think so you have to set a precedent yeah no there's no question there i mean the the tolerance has got to be you know 
you have to be more tolerant of of the different ethnicities in in your country. Yeah. Well, I guess NHL, you know, came, NHL came out and said, you know, he this does not represent, you know, where we stand. You know, Ron McLean, you know, sorry, I should have, you know, I didn't even pay attention to this. I should have caught this. You know, this was his opinion that shouldn't have been aired. Not not publicly. Yeah, not yeah. I think was. I think the backlash has been swift, and and I I don't think it's been out of line. Good. All right. They, they they should keep Don Cherry on a thirty second delay. Just so that, and as soon as he as soon as he starts saying something like this, they just oh boy, press the button. You know? He's in crazy uncle mode again. <laughs> and then all you can see is his head head and his lips yeah. flapping yeah. as they normally do. So go out and buy your bobbleheads now. They'll be collectibles. Yeah. Put a little put a little scroll bar across the the bottom. We apologize for Don. <laughs> well, that's the other side of the coin, right? You know. Being that he's been in this field for, you know, 30 years as a broadcaster, I think they said last night, you know, he helped build that Sportsnet brand that, you know, Coach's Corner was all him. So, you know, he's got a huge following. Yeah, has that's, there, that's true. Has, has there, have you guys seen any sort of like backlash against the backlash? There's been a little bit. Yeah, there's a, there's a, really? Sp- yeah. a, oh, yeah. a boycott really? Sportsnet mm-hmm. hashtag yeah. floating around now. Is there? Yeah. Hmm. Yep. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. People are people are angry about it. Yep. Hmm. Too bad. So sad. Yeah, indeed. But you know, I I think they have a legitimate argument with. We knew who this guy was. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving we'll see, on. We'll see. There you go. So Ryan, we've, maybe we've hashed you, maybe Don should, Cherry. Maybe you should reach out. Maybe he can be the fourth. Get Don Cherry. Fourth in the. In the <laughs> there you go. Let, let's do a, a podcast with Don Cherry and see what is really what his views are. Oh God, okay, you Don, you got an hour rant. <laughs> you need to really, really turn the oh, level. By, by the way, see. after the hour, you're fired. <laughs> let's see how. Let's see how fast people start dropping the podcast. Yeah. Jeez. Oh, Wait. There's people listening to the podcast. Yeah, that's right. What? Yeah. No way. Yeah. 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 We'd have to keep the levels down real low with him. <laughs> that's right. Guys, loud. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, what else next? is going on? All right. Well, well. Anyways, okay, we haven't even talked about what we're doing today. So, I mean, are we doing how something? Far to... down we're in the rabbit hole we are. Hey, Ryan, Rob. Uh, what? What? The, what are we gonna? What, what are we doing today? We're doing news. Oh, don't sound so excited. News. 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 What, what news is going on today, boys? News. There's lots of news. Oh, there's tons of news. Oh, well, hey. Uh, well, does anybody have something that in particular that you want to talk about? Oh, let's see. We got uh, the Israelis blowing up a guy. Okay, okay. We've got... Forget, uh, okay. All right, forget I asked. Everybody no, getting ready no. for uh, impeachment <laughs> hearings down the states. So, oh, so. yeah. That goes public yeah. okay. tomorrow? Wednesday, yeah. It'll be... Uh, it'll, it'll go public before this uh, podcast airs on Friday. Yep. Ooh. Yeah. Public hearings. It's going to be fun. I was saying to Rob earlier on the on the way in that uh, you know it's it's funny how you know the Republicans have been been sitting there going no quid pro quo no quid pro quo no quid pro quo and they keep saying it over and over and over again and now that there's been an established quid pro quo they're going quid pro quo doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know how that is. Yeah. Welcome to AT Banter, <laughs> where we banter well, about anything, uh, anything except AT. That's right. <laughs> okay, I got one for you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Okay, Order. this is exciting news. Uh, people with Down syndrome have trouble using smart speakers, and Google is trying to help. Oh, yeah? How are they trying to help? Well, let me just read you this story. Why don't and, you read uh, me that story, Rob? Okay, ready? Matthew McNeil may benefit more than most from smart speaker technology, 
but it has never really worked properly for him. That's because the 29-year-old Ontario resident has Down syndrome, and devices like Google Home often have trouble understanding people who don't use typical speech patterns. Right. Quote, it's tough when talking fast. It doesn't pick up my voice usually, end quote, he told CBC News. But that could soon change. McNeil is part of a new partnership between Google and the Canadian Down Syndrome Society called Project Understood, which is attempting to teach the tech giant's systems to understand people better who speak differently. The project started about a year and a half ago when Google's Accelerated Science team, that group was working with people with ALS and analyzing data around their speech patterns at the time. But then researchers realized that they could do more than just analyze this data. They could actually use it to make voice technology more accessible to more people. As it stands, Google Home misses roughly 30% of words spoken by a person with Down syndrome. To change that, Google's algorithm needs, to, needs more exposure to a variety of different voices. That's where people like McNeil come in. He recently visited Google headquarters in California to record a variety of phrases in an effort to teach the company's systems to better understand his speech patterns. Now, Google is asking other people with Down syndrome to donate their voices online and do the same and continue to teach the algorithm to understand them. It's really a matter of having enough data. The more examples it receives, the better it will get. Now, that's a scary thought. Giving your voice to Google. Yeah. Talk about privacy out the window. <laughs> well, <laughs> voice pattern? Like, no, not really. I mean... It, How not I really? You're giving... You're, you're giving, giving your, your, your voice speech away. patterns. You're, you're, you're doing your it now. Away. You're doing that with every, <laughs> every single true. voice Absolutely. assistant. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. No, not, this is... I don't own one. That's true. And, you know, to be honest, this article kind of surprises me because Google's known for a long time that their product didn't work well with, with non-standard speech. Right. Yeah, there, yeah. there's a there's a uh, another good one of a Scottish lady trying to use an Alexa, which mm -hmm. is fairly hysterical. Oh, yeah. 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 But... Uh, but yeah, this is. I, I'm surprised this is news to anybody. But when you're half baked or or half in the bag or three sheets in the wind, your speech patterns change too. Sure. Then what happens? Okay, Google. Your yeah, your frustration <laughs> level goes up and Google goes out the window, right? But I guess the the interesting thing about this is that you know it doesn't seem like a hard fix for them. It sounds like all they need really need is voice data. Yeah. Um, to plug into this algorithm in order to. Um, you know, make it a lot more accessible for, and you know, Down syndrome is only is only certainly one example mm -hmm. uh, of people that that um, may have um, speech issues. Yep. You know, oh, I think they mentioned and a very I, small. I think they, they mentioned ALS as well. Yeah, a very yeah. small pattern. I mean, you know, even stuttering stuff like that. Sure. Any speech impediments. So hopefully that means that that really it's just a matter of of them actually um, going the steps and and recording the data, getting getting some of that data well, and getting the call out there for people to to lend their voices no you're not you're not lending google anything you're oh, giving come google on, you guys. <laughs> but but i mean but honestly like you know and, and that's an important aspect of the speech assistance um you know again you're you're with without doing that you're sort of locking out this segment of people that actually could really benefit from something mm -hmm. about it for like a smart yeah. speaker yeah absolutely so I am kind of with Steve. Like I'm kind of surprised that it took this long. I mean, where, how long have, have homes been around? Years and years, right? What is it? It's got to be about five years now. Yeah, something like that. Probably close. Yeah. yeah, you know, and and yeah. they're just sort Four, of addressing anyway. this now. 
So uh, and I, I see them all the time. Like it, when I go to uh, like a rehab hospital, like a GF Strong or something, they are fully on board with these things. Yeah, you know, oh, they're, is that right? they're using them all the time because hmm. you know they're so useful. You, yeah, you yeah. know you can control so many different things with them. Yeah, the home automation end of things. Oh yeah, so much more accessible. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, again, they they've been utilized for this right from the beginning, and and I'm I'm stunned that this is this is new well and you know and especially given that going forward speech assistants are going to be more and more ingrained in Mm -hmm. more and more things like Mm -hmm. if we get for example if we get to the point where we have self-driving cars and speech assistants are built into that it's going to be really important that anybody can utilize that oh i really hope not (laughs) i I really hope they don't put voice assistants in cars i I think it's guaranteed because i can just see our car going down the road with jackie going no left no right no left no right but you can already even all over the road you kind of already do that because there's an amazon echo auto so you can actually already get amazon echo in your car yeah but it's not driving it it's not driving it, no. And it's certainly not no. listening to Jackie. <laughs> <laughs> not doing this, going down the road, no. Ignore anyone in the back seat. <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. All right, next up, we have a blind employee sues Beacon Health Options. This is a out of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Amy Ruel, a blind, licensed, independent clinical social worker, is suing her employer, Beacon Health Options, because inaccessible software and online resources that it uses prevent her from doing critical parts of her job independently. Among other things, Ms. Surel cannot fully participate in mandatory job trainings, access patients' clinical records in order to make accurate assessments and recommendations, or participate in virtual conferences with colleagues, the lawsuit says. Even when Ms. Ruel proposed accessible <coughs> solutions, such as replacing the inaccessible virtual training and meeting platform WebEx, with the accessible Zoom video communications, Beacon Health Options took four years to make that change and still has not remediated other inaccessible software, the suit alleges. Like many other blind people, Ms. Ruel uses screen reader technology to access and interact with digital content and applications. Uh, Ms. Ruel's lawsuit alleges that Beacon Health Options' failure to use accessible technology and to otherwise reasonably accommodate her violate provisions of both the Americans with Disabilities Act and the Massachusetts Fair Employment Practices Act. The National Federation of the Blind, America's Civil Rights Organization of the Blind, is assisting in the litigation. Ms. Ruel is president of the National Federation of the Blind of Massachusetts and a member of the NFB's National Board of Directors. Okay, I'm going to stop. Pause right there. Because <laughs> that the, that's the sentence that made me go, what? Why? So, like, her employer is really dumb if, if all this is true. Like, oh, I see. Okay. It, like, you have an employee that's literally the president of the, nat- of, of the most litigious blind <laughs> civil rights group in the country, and you don't provide her with everything that she needs in order to do her job for you? Are you just wanting to get sued? Yeah, that's a little slow. So the next question is, she's still employed? Well, they can't fire her. Well, and my kind of question is, did she evolve into this role now having to use software that she isn't able to use? What was she hired for in the first place? Did she know this was inaccessible when she took the job? Well, that's not her problem. That, that totally well, isn't her problem. It's not. It's well, not. No, it's not. It's not at all. Uh, I mean, I, I, if, the employer if, has a duty to accommodate, period. Absolutely. Okay. Well, okay, Steve, uh, while QuickBooks isn't fully accessible. 
Yeah. So are you going to accommodate? Well, according to the guy that we, <laughs> according to the guy that we had on from QuickBooks. <laughs> well, it's in process, and it's it's ongoing. We are actively but. working on a solution. <laughs> okay, and maybe but, but health still, might be as well. You know. But still, oh, no, you know, if that. she was hired to help evolve this position, you know, it's it's a bit of a different kettle of fish, is it not? Well, I think so because there are you know WebEx has been around a long time, and there are blind people that use WebEx all the time. Yeah. So that component of it, I kind of toss out the window. But the proprietary software for patient records, you know, sure, there's probably got a case there. But does it, it also depends on what they were doing with, with WebEx um, and what it's she was a required to do. Yeah, that's true. Because WebEx is a platform. So it could be, it could be that, I mean, yes, uh, I'm sure there are accessible components of WebEx. I mean, we're familiar. We're pretty familiar mm -hmm. with WebEx. We used to use it. Um, but also, I mean, that's, that's a problem that we ran into when we were trying to use it. Um, is that it wasn't fully accessible. That's yeah. why we were right. yeah. there will be had parts. a real hard time. They couldn't get to certain panels right. yeah. in it. Yeah. And, yeah. and to be honest, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that WebEx is still inaccessible. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Me you too. Know? I figured that they that would was, have that. was that. years ago that we made the switch to Zoom. Right. Yeah. And you would think WebEx would have... Is, is Zoom fully accessible? Pretty much. Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Pretty yeah. near. Yeah. So, uh, I mean... You know, I guess, I guess the, the, the interesting question of this is, is just, you know, again, is this, is this a case of, like, over litigiousness, or does this sound like it's valid? I think this is the snowball starting to gain, gain speed, and, you know, we saw the Domino's case, and I think we're going to see a lot more of this in the year to come. Well... You think one and, broke the ice and everybody yeah, else's? Absolutely. But see, I see my my fear with this is that there could be a backlash because if all of a sudden employers are getting sued by their employees for not yeah at being I'm sorry I'm not going to hire somebody who's, then, yeah, who's yeah. D disabled or it, it, differently abled yeah. or whatever the right word is exactly. I mean, yeah. we're, here we but are pushing. Can't we sue them for that? I don't well, they'd, you'd have to be able to prove that they were hired or not hired because of their because disability. Because of their disability. Right. They could cite any, super they could cite any yeah. other option. Yeah, they could simply say we had a better candidate. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Period. And yeah, yeah, that person's out of job and there's really not much in the way of recourse. No. So, you know, that's my fear is that there, there's going to be, if we do too much of this, there's going to be backlash. There's going to be backlash. Yeah. Employers yeah. are just going to be like, well, it's not worth the risk to me. I'm not going to mm -hmm. hire somebody with a disability. And because if I don't, you know, the first, the first second that, um, you know, I don't provide absolutely everything they need, I could get sued. Yeah. And it's just not worth the risk to me. Well, and I think, you know, like we don't know a, a little bit of more of the backstory that Amy had with Beacon Health. But, you know, as president of an NFB chapter, did NFB try and work with Beacon Health mm -hmm. and suggest solutions? You know, I know it says Amy tried to provide some solutions, but was there any costs associated? You know, ABC, this is when it's going to cost you to do this, this, and this. And let's work out like a, you know, a three-year plan or something. Or did she expect it all, you know, right away? Well, she waited four years for uh, Zoom to get adopted. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, I mean, it sounds to me like she's been patient. Yeah. You know. Because it shouldn't take four years to switch from WebEx to Zoom, yeah. for starters. Well, let me ask you this. How big is Beacon Health? That's a good question. That's, That's like asking RBC to stop using WebEx and you know roll out a new platform to 50,000 employees. Yeah, well, that's a valid point. You know, yeah, fair. We don't know how big they are, what the costs are involved. But I mean, at the end of the day, I guess, 
you know, employers do, if they are going to hire people with disabilities, it, it is their responsibility yeah. to provide all the tools to them that, that they're going to require to do their job. Because, you know, the, the other thing that article said is that, you know, the Be- Beacon Health also expected her to do her job, even though she didn't have the right tools. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which then, which just isn't fair. Right. Right. You know, they deserve to get sued right there because, you know, it's one thing if they say, well, you know, you don't have the tool. We haven't provided you with the tools to actually do that part of your job. So, you know, we figure it out. Yeah. we (laughs) Don't do that part of your job. Then we'll we'll figure something else out. They didn't do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. But, um, you know, yeah, I mean, it's I think, Ryan, part of it, I think you're right. I think that more and more. Uh, we're going to see a lot more of, of suits, not necessarily like this, but certainly um, ADA related. Well, there's still uh, a, such a huge lack of education out there. Like you, you go to a company and ask them about accessibility. They may not even have a clue what that means. Right. So there's still a lot of work that has to be done. Yeah. No question. No question. Especially these developers of customized software solutions. Mm-hmm. They do a terrible, terrible job typically of, uh, of making sure that their products are accessible. And we see them all the time, all the time. I mean, Ryan and I were just in a workplace the other day where I'm not going to say where, but, uh, their, their software was, was a nightmare. Oh yeah. An absolute nightmare. And we, was it, was it uh, custom made software for, for yep. them specifically? Well, it was, it was custom built for their industry. Okay. But, but, uh, yeah, it, uh, it's, it's going to be a real bear. We've, we've got to train this uh, blind lady on how to use it and, Parts of it we already know are not properly programmed. See, and I, I think you're right. I think that's the big conversation that needs to start happening, especially in, in bigger companies that, you know, eventually the day will come when, you know, okay, we, we may hire somebody with a disability. So when we're customizing the software for us, we have to make sure that it has that, you know, accessibility component. To yeah, it. but a, a lot and, of big companies are not going to, um, a lot of big companies are slow to change. Well, not, on, not only that, but I mean, if they're putting, you know, X number of dollars into developing this software um, for a rollout for 50,000 people and all of a sudden it needs to be accessible, A, they're not going to stop the rollout to the other 50,000 people. And B, um, it, it's been made for the vast majority of people to be able to function, right? So, um, yes, it may need to be made accessible or alternatively, they don't hire somebody who's, who's blind or disabled in, in, you know, to do, to work with that software. And unfortunately back to, you know, what we were talking about a minute ago is, um, with all these lawsuits, and somebody is standing there with their resume in their hand, do they get hired? Yeah, I mean, you, you do worry that this is going to be uh, something that's going to lead to a backlash. Mm-hmm. And uh, because that's just not of, of any interest to anybody, I don't think. So uh, you think there, there's some short-sightedness in this whole thing? I, I, I can't say that's the case in this case. But but overall? But, but if if... Everybody starts suing everybody for every piece of inaccessible <laughs> software. 
it one one it's going to lead to a massive change in the, in the mm -hmm. way that people develop software, and two, it it, it will threaten people's employment. Yeah, yep. yeah, agreed. And it's not right, but that's that's the potential, the bottom the, the bottom the line potential backlash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. It's a it's a tough problem because you know I feel like we're just gaining traction on businesses understanding the the business case for hiring people with disabilities. And if we throw up these hurdles in mm -hmm. their way. Yeah, it's one more thing for them to have to overcome to before to, they can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're going to be back to square one. We have to reframe it though, because that it's not a hurdle in their way. It's a, it's a speed bump. Mm -hmm. It's something that they've got to get over. It's something they need to fix. They need to get on with it. Yeah. You know, but they, they they have to they have to be willing to commit to the whole process well and i think it's like you know rick hansen said on our show it's not the wheelchair that makes things inaccessible it's the stairs right right yep. yeah so i mean and i think that i think that ryan you're right you were talking about education and, and like you know essentially you know employers need to be more educated you know if they are serious about hiring people with disabilities they need to understand you know the the day a day in the life of somebody who is um, has a disability in their organization and really understand what needs to change and 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 how to do that. So we throw the word accessibility around a lot, but to to an, an employer or an organization, uh, it doesn't really mean the same thing. You know, they don't understand necessarily what needs to change or what what makes a piece of software, even for example, inaccessible. To somebody who is, say, using a screen reader, because they don't even hardly even know how a screen reader works. Okay, okay. So, look at it from the employer's perspective. Okay, I, uh, I have a small business. I've got ten people. I have somebody who's disabled who's come through the door, and my my business is is okay i mean i'm making a few bucks i you know i'm i'm making sure payroll is covered i'm making sure my taxes are covered etc 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 um all of a sudden somebody comes through the door and i need to start buying braille displays i need to start buying speech software i need to start buying a computer that's accessible you might even to, you might even have to build an accessible washroom if they're in a wheelchair that's right that's yeah. right but you know why would i why would i set myself up for that to turn around and have somebody say, sorry, you're not doing enough. I'm going to sue you. Well, and I think there's been more and more studies that are showing that hiring somebody with a disability is good, makes good business sense. You yeah, know, absolutely. we're longer last lasting employees. We're more loyal employees. You know, absolutely. You don't, you don't job hop. Job. Right. Absolutely. Exactly. You know, so I think. I mean, look at you here. You're growing roots. across. Right. What have you been here now? 16, 17, 18 years? Previous company, 17. Steve, yeah. Steve two next month. Yeah. yeah. Do you cool. think it's possible that employees with disabilities are forced to have job loyalty because they don't have very many other options? That's a good, really good yeah. point. That is That's a good a point. a really good point. Yep. It yeah, is, I it think is a, it absolutely there, is. there are much higher uh, unemployment levels with the, the disabled <laughs> community. It's much harder to land a job mm -hmm. specifically because of issues like this. Um, you know the the landmark really the landscape really needs to change, um, and and employment situations need to be more accessible in order for more people with disabilities to be fully employed. That said, employers have to get on with it. 
Yeah. Well, do you think that that you know some sort of a campaign would help in terms of like educating like what just what is meant by accessibility in, in the workplace? Well, I think the Accessible Canada Act is hopefully going to lay some of that vocabulary out, right? In plain English, that people are actually going to be able to look at something and understand what uh, needs to be done. I would not hold my breath. And on when that. when do you think that document is going to be released? I, I don't think. That. I'm not sure what the time frame was. I, like 2021 yeah. or something. Ever since the election, honestly, like yeah. my my enthusiasm for for the Accessible Canada Act has really waned. It wasn't even. No one even talked. Oh, about I know. It. I know. Uh, it was it was like a non-issue, mm-hmm. and I just have the feeling it's it's just going to sort of lip service languish there. Not much is going to be done with it. I would like to point out that the NDP did talk about it. Did they? And responded to questions about it. Did they? Yeah. I didn't hear anybody talk about it. Yeah. Well, good. Because I voted NDP. <laughs> send all I thought we weren't mail. supposed to be... Uh, <laughs> send all to Ryan. Uh, you can send it all you want. Yeah. Um, they also said that the uh, Senate recommendations should have been adopted or should be adopted. Is that right? Because there were a number of Senate recommendations that were not... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I how don't did, know. How did we get over to politics? I don't know. Accessible Canada. Act. There you go. Yeah, well. And just framework. It's, framework for companies and, and organizations to follow when it comes to accessibility. I, I, but it, but so. right now, that, that document only deals with government, and yes. government can exempt themselves from it. <laughs> don't, don't get so, us going on that. So, you know, <laughs> really, what, what sure. use is for it? Sure. In its current form, this yes. document is not of Paper, much use. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but even like something like, hey, you know, this is what a screen reader is. This is what, this right. is a CCTV. Like, really, I'm, I'm even talking like basic things. Yeah. That somebody who's going into a, a, a job with, um, you know, low vision or blindness, for example. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science. You know, that we could do some sort of campaigning, you know, accessibility campaigning and just. We, we are seeing change. I mean, look at the. Uh, but it's slow. The, look at the president's group. You know, we, sure. Yeah, true. You know, we had them on a while back, and you know, I've gone out and done presentation to them. You know, right. this is a group of major employers who are putting a, a real push on to to hire people with disabilities, um, and that's great. That's what we want to see. Um, Neil Squire's doing the same. Yeah. You know, out there. But um, <laughs> you know, we got to we got to keep it rolling, and and you know, you do wonder if lawsuits like this are going to lead to a backlash. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I think that's that's the real danger of it. You know, well, and I think, <clears throat> sorry, but I think here in Canada, where a lot of agencies are getting off, is the only real recourse we have is the Human Rights Commission, right? In the U.S., they've got the ADA. They can actually point at and go, this is what we have, this is what you have to do. And they've got the NFB who has a history of you know litigation, Canada's pretty laid back and pretty quiet when it comes to this type of thing. We don't hear a lot of complaints. Well, no, we don't. But, you know, we've had some high profile ones that have, have sure. actually, you know, resulted in real change. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, anywho, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't have all the answers. That's for damn sure. Could there be contracts drawn up between potential employers and employees with disabilities prior to starting a term of employment? Uh, there certainly could be. Um, you know, I think I think the thing that's most galling about this story is the fact that um, th- this woman was forced to deal with inaccessible systems, yet was held to the same metrics as everybody else who could use those systems right. without issue. 
Um, that that's the part that I think is really, you know, kinda, yeah, I agree. Kind of screwy on the part of the employer. You know, they they really needed to either adjust her her her, her job duties or um or, or get systems in place that she could use one right. or the other. But but to to hold her to the same standard when she couldn't use the tools available mm-hmm. is is pretty galling. But I mean, I suppose th- that could solve. Like from a from a corporate point of view, that could solve your problem. You know, if you say, "Look, the, we agree that we will." Well, it also we will it provide also X covers. And X and X. Yeah, it also covers the employer. That's what I mean. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So by the you end of year, we've provided you with everything you've asked for, or two years, or three years, or whatever the the duration of the contract is. We've provided you with whatever it was you've asked for, and you know we're still not seeing the productivity. You know, maybe it's time for us to part ways. I think what what people with disabilities would say to that is like, well, you why doesn't you know Fred over here have to sign a contract like that? He's able bodied. Why why doesn't he have to sign a contract saying that if he doesn't call know, it a probation period, whatever you want to call it? Yeah, I mean, I think you got to be careful. I, I'm just stirring the pot here now. Okay? Yeah, I, I mean, I, you got to be. I think I think you'd, you'd have to be very careful with that too, because you know, again, if you're bringing on somebody with disabilities into your organization and you're making them sign an extra contract, mm, um, mm, you know mm-hmm. that that could certainly get pushback, or that you know you could get called for discrimination on on that part, because you have to, you know, the whole idea of this of this is you know inclusion and inequality, and you. If you're starting the process by, yeah, by putting up a hurdle, signing a contract saying mm-hmm. you can't sue us, I, I, I just don't think that that that, that would fly. <clears throat> uh, hey, do you guys know what today is? Uh, yeah, it's the day after Remembrance Day. No, it's Tuesday. purple. It's Purple Tuesday. It's Purple, purple Tuesday. Tuesday. Have you not heard of this, Ryan? I have not. It's a major <laughs> one day initiative to improve the customer experience for disabled people. Uh, more and this is uh, this is something that's uh, it looks like it's has the most traction in the UK right now, okay. but hopefully this is going to be something that will spread uh, over to here to North America in the coming years. But because it's a great idea, uh, more than two thousand entities have pledged their support to Purple Tuesday 2019, which calls for businesses and organizations to rethink how they target disabled consumers and their families. Their spending power, which has been dubbed the Purple Pound, is estimated to be worth $320 billion. Uh, the travel and transport industry is a major focus of the campaign this year, and the likes of Manchester Airport... Billion. <laughs> Rick's looking stuff. Keep in mind... A year. Everybody becomes disabled sooner or later. That's right. Well, it's a lot of... Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a lot of money. Uh, That's a chunk of change. It's a lot of money. It's my Amazon Prime bill every month. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to their customer experience. That's right. (laughs) New research commissioned by Purple, the organization behind Purple Tuesday, has revealed that poor customer service and lack of staff understanding top the list as factors negatively influencing disabled shopping. The research finds that about 75% of disabled people have, have had to leave a store or website unable to go through with their purchase because of their disability. The data also shows that the most complaints from disabled people relate to experiences within the business or organization premises. Disabled people are more likely to spend money with organizations if they improve the following. 
staff understanding about different disabilities, the overall customer experience for disabled people, and store shop location accessibility, and also website accessibility. More than one in three disabled people said poor customer service prevented them from making a purchase, while 33% blamed a lack of understanding from staff about their needs. Some disabled respondents said improvements should include being treated the same as anyone else and having knowledgeable staff. You know, this brings up, a, a, I think, a really valid point. You know, we talked a lot about website accessibility and stuff, but I mean, really brick and mortar um, retail stores, it's, it's the same thing. I mean, if you think, especially if you consider like self-check, things like self-checkouts, mm-hmm. um, a lot of that stuff isn't, they aren't built with accessibility in mind. Yeah, that, that's that's very I mean, true. I mean, the, the access issue is one. Um, you know, the employee education is another. Um, you know, the uh, and I think the employee education part of it is uh, probably a bigger issue than necessarily physical accessibility because most, most stores, at least here, have to be to a certain standard of accessibility. See, I, I would disagree with that. Ones. I mean, I, I was in Winners mm-hmm. uh, the other day and... And I see a lot of stores actually doing this. They build the the checkout system so that you have to go through this ridiculous mouse mouse maze of like impulse items. Yeah. Yep. There's no way a wheelchair is getting into that and navigating that thing uh, successfully in order to even get to the the cashier. The one in North Van you can get through. It's it's pretty wide, is it? Yeah. Maybe they just built that one too narrow. I don't. Maybe. Know. Yeah. Maybe. I don't, I don't know, but I mean... Bad design. Could be. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I don't feel like accessibility as, is at the top of them, is at the, at the top of their concerns when they build a system like that. Usually it's, okay, well, how can we, you know, sell the most impulse items? Well, no, there, there's that, and there's also people movement. Right. I mean, some of these places could take a a lesson from Disney about how to move people around. And I I think that's that's what it is, is so that it's it's moving people so that you don't have one line that's moving faster than another line in a in a checkout queue. Um, Everybody, you know, as they get in the line, they're served as they get to the front of the line. And I think that's what that's about. I, I think that was just a poorly designed um, point of sale uh, it, runway that you were you were dealing with. Sure, and it could be, and you know, and I'm sure that those those are going to vary from store to store. But I don't know. I think that I think that if you walk around, you know, the mall next time you're in there, and just try to put yourself in the shoes of somebody, say, in a in a wheelchair or somebody with limited mobility or somebody who's blind or visually impaired. Um, I think that it'd be surprising, uh, just how inaccessible that whole shopping experience is. Well, the good news about this campaign, the businesses and organizations participating in this year's Purple Tuesday have made more than 3,500 pledges to make long-term changes in the way they meet the needs of the disabled. These include major UK retailers such as Mark and Spencer's, Parks and Sparks, Sainsbury's, Argos, Microsoft Store, and Blakemore Retail. You know, I, I always like to see these, uh, you know, these campaigns to build awareness. And I think that this is a really important 
mm-hmm. um, aspect of it, you know, especially like, you know, again, we, we talk all about how important it is for a lot of these online retailers and how they need to be accessible. You know, we need to hold the, the brick and mortar, I think, to the same standard. And yes, I mean, certainly accessibility has been built into things like building codes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But has it gone far enough or do we need to continue to develop that because it's going to be more than just having you know you know bathroom stall doors that are bigger than normal yeah, to but- accommodate wheelchairs or uh, like especially as new technology gets put in like stuff like self-serve checkouts i mean i know i keep coming back to that but i feel like that is something that was designed not necessarily from an accessibility point of view no that's very true so, but how know, long are brick and mortar stores going to be around? Oh, I think oh, I they'll think be around for a long time. There's still things I want to go into a store and touch and feel that I just can't experience yet online. Yeah, but you're right. a touchy feely kind of guy. Well, you know, sometimes you just you actually also, want to get your hands on something, right? Yeah. Well, I I think I think you guys are absolutely right that the point of sales for self service um, is not indeed not thought about from a accessibility perspective and I agree that um, your brick and mortar stores need to be more accessible aisle width um, no steps etc 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 and I think it's an evolution so yeah I I agree that we need to continue to um, you know put building codes in place and etc and have them followed and when they're not being followed is is have the retailers called on it yeah sure and you know i i being an evolution it's going to take some time for everybody to get on board and then by that time it'll be time to revisit it again and and make adjustments to it i don't i don't think there's any way around that if you want to address the disabled community that you have to make those changes you have to well, and I think that, that, you know, days of awareness like Purple Tuesday, I think is very important for that um, because, again, it brings to light um, some of the issues that, that people with disabilities face every day when they try to go to the mall or when they go shopping in a grocery store. So I, I love this, and I really hope it gets a lot more traction over here next year, um, and we see a lot of, you know, of our retailers uh, jumping on board and sort of embracing this as well. But, you know, my fear with awareness days is that, and I was thinking about this this morning on the way in, I, I almost feel overloaded. It's like every other day, it's something awareness day. And I love all, like all the, the big awareness days like this, obviously. But I think it's going to get to the point where we kind of need to it's cut back muddy. on some of the stupid ones. It's getting muddy. Like, yeah. I, we, do we need sandwich appreciation day? Or like hamburger, what is it, hamburger appreciation day? Like maybe we should cut back on some of the like innocuous, stupid awareness days because it's kind of, it's kind of getting overloaded. You go on Twitter and it's every other day is, oh, hey, look, it's hat day. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. We can keep talk like a pirate day because that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe we should just dial back some of the other ones. Jeez. All right. I just, I, I had to look it up again. So the, the next one coming up, according to this, is on the 16th World San Filippo Awareness Day. Yeah. Who the hell is San Filippo? No idea. First off. Don't know. 
And, and why the, is it a worldwide day? The 21st is World Pancreatic Cancer Day. Okay, well, that's okay, well I can see that sure. being... being. Yeah, I was just at a funeral last week for my neighbor who died from supported. pancreatic cancer. Uh, then, uh, and one of our star Canadians has it, and I really feel sorry for him. Yeah. Uh, Movember, of course, is going on right now. Yeah. Uh, National Stress Awareness Day 2019 is coming up. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to keep track of. World Freedom Day. What does that mean? Anti-bullying week. I agree with that. Sure. When's that? That's the end of the month, isn't it? Not February, isn't it? Or February. Because Pink Shirt Day is in February. Oh, is it? Okay. Black Friday. That's coming up shortly. Yep. That's not even... Jeez. (laughs) That is a thing, Rob. That is a huge thing. I'm just just looking at the the list of things that started on the first. Sorry, what, Steve? Okay, here, here, here's the list of things that started on the 1st of November. Okay. Go. Uh, Veg Pledge 2019. There you go. There <laughs> so, you go. There's another one. So go go vegetarian for November. Uh, National Novel Writing Month. Uh, <laughs> Maybe mouth, we could lose that one. Mouth Cancer Action Month. Okay. Movember. Lung Cancer Awareness Mo- Month. Pancreatic Cancer Awareness Month. COPD Awareness Month. Wow. National Career <laughs> Development Month, <laughs> National Diabetes Month. Cool, okay. And that's all November. That's all starting November 1st. Right. Wow. Yeah. What's the process? Like, how do we get, how do you get a month? <laughs> well, like, I think we should apply ha- for it. I think we should have, <laughs> you know, Can-Ass Tech Podcast Month. There's, yeah. a, there's also World Horse Appreciation Day 2019. What do we need to, what? 16th of November, yep. There you go. Horse Appreciation Day. Horse Appreciation Day, yep. When's canker sore awareness? <laughs> Hangnail. Hangnail yeah. awareness month. Oh, hang on. Celebrate Yorkshire Day with the Yorkshire pudding. Oh, I'm in for that. <laughs> oh, what day is that? That's uh, August uh, August 1st. Oh, that's okay. a long way out. Ways away. Damn. Crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> it's there's, not a day. there's I think I think yeah, you're right. there's too many. There's, there's too, too many. many. Yeah. yeah. We need to dial it back. Yeah. Well, we can't do it today because today's sock appreciation day. So <laughs> we're all wearing socks. <laughs> and Ryan's are the same color. That's right. Woo-hoo. Lovely shade of pink. Often, Thank you. often they are. <laughs> <laughs> often they are not, but today they are. Well, they always are now. Oh, are they? They are. Yeah. Uh, Unless my wife's buying me pink socks. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or washing right. them with a red sweatshirt. Yeah. All right. I think we've done enough damage. To the podcast industry for one day, <laughs> probably. <laughs> okay, pitter patter, wrap her up. Uh, hey Ryan, Rob, where can people find us? They can find us online at atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email if they so desire at cowbell uh, at atbanter.com. <laughs> Cow- you don't okay, really have an address just, called cowbell at no, atbanter.com. Yeah, that, that's our email address. <laughs> Yeah, we changed oh, it. Geez, no, okay, here we go. Cowbell at atbanter.com. And they can find us on the social medias. There's uh, stuff on Facebook. There's stuff on Twitter. There's stuff on LinkedIn. And there's a little bit of stuff on Instagram. It's right. Actually, there's a lot of stuff on Instagram Is for the Halloween show. We put a lot, a lot up, yeah. Oh, there you go. Nice. Yes, indeed. Hey. Uh, well, <laughs> thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next week. Ooh, look at you. <laughs> Ripping off my line. That's right. 
This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.